You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, June the 30th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. I'm recording this after a win against the Arizona Diamondbacks, a sweep of the Arizona Diamondbacks as a matter of fact. Cardinals win 7-4 on Wednesday, that's today, and uh, sweep the Diamondbacks in a three-game set to close out the month of June on a high note in a month that has been disastrous. That's right, disastrous for the St. Louis Cardinals. They just go 10-17. and 17. They won just two series um, on the day, or on the month, rather. And, um, yeah, those, those two series were sweeps of bottom feeders, Marlins and Diamondbacks. They only played two playoff teams a whole month, the Cubs and Dodgers. But, hey, something positive. A sweep of the Miami Marlins and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And hopefully this sweep provides more of a boost to the season than the sweep against the Marlins did. Uh, before I go any further, I do want to tell you that today show has a very special show sponsor, and that is Spotify Green Room. Uh, be sure to download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms and participate to get in on the action to have a conversation. I'll be hosting a room probably at some point this week, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. So we're going to go ahead and get into it on the show today. We'll be discussing, you know, a sweep's great, but what's next? Um, talk, you know, break down games two and three of the series because I didn't talk about yesterday's game yet on the show. Um, and then, you know, specifically what they can build off of. Uh, also be answering some of your questions that you fired in on the Instagram story on, at LO underscore Cardinals. Um, and then giving a slight preview of the Rockies series. I have Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies join the show tomorrow, so that'll be a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown. Um, but nevertheless, that's what we got going on today. So let's go ahead and get right into it. I mean, it, it's been no secret that this team has been struggling. You know, I already, already mentioned that this, the 10-17 and 17 month, the two series wins in the month, but... You know, we've been hearing from Mike Schiltz and people who cover the team that, you know, maybe the offensive process has been there, just not the results. And I think that it's been fair of Cardinal Nation, Cardinal fans of all of us to say, okay, even if you do believe the process is there, we need to see results. This is a results-based game. Sports is a results-driven business. Um, and I think that we, we, we saw the results the last last two days. Last three days, really, but... Um, what are we going to do next? Or what are the Cardinals going to do next? Because last time they had a sweep, two weeks ago, they swept the Marlins, and you think, okay, a little bit of momentum here. Swept by the Cubs series before. That's not great, but we got a sweep. Let's get some momentum. But then they lose three out of four to the Braves, lose two in a row to the Tigers, lose three in a row to the Pirates, three out of four to the Pirates. So, so the last sweep, the Cardinals were not able to take advantage of, of the momentum. And you could also argue, and I might, I, I do argue that that's there. There are dominant sweeps, and there are close sweeps that that aren't necessarily dominant. And I think that the sweep against the Marlins wasn't necessarily dominant. You had a, a late winner on on the Monday night game. You had a walk off in there. You know, you only scored seven runs across the three games, so it wasn't dominating. So I think for 
the, the, you know, the coaching staff there, Schilt and everybody was kind of thinking, okay, maybe that the Cardinals can build off of this momentum because of the sweep and go forward. But the team really wasn't playing that much of better baseball than they were against the Cubs. Maybe they, they, they pitched a little bit better. But the team wasn't playing better. So then they, they continued to skid against Atlanta, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. This sweep, however, I think is different. And I'm going to preface this by, yes, saying the team that they're playing is worse. With the loss, the Diamondbacks fall to 22-60. and 60. The Marlins are 33-35 and 35 at this point in time as we sit here on Wednesday afternoon. So yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks are 100% worse than... Not 100%, but they are definitely worse than the Miami Marlins. So I get that. So the sweep should have been more dominant. However, a win is a win no matter who you're playing against. So a sweep like this, a dominating sweep, maybe the problem was for St. Louis was the mental side of things. Jeff Albert talked about that in his interview pregame yesterday. And you can, you know... Call malarkey, call BS, whatever you want to call on the interview. But he said, look, sometimes you got to work through these the, the mental side of the game as well. John Mozilluk talked about that in an interview on 101 ESPN the other day. So maybe mentally right now, the Cardinals can say, okay, we have a dominating sweep. You know, Tuesday night's win wasn't necessarily dominating, but the pitching was, right? But you had two seven-run outbursts in this series. So maybe that this dominating sweep can provide some momentum. Maybe. I'm Like I said on the Lockdown Now video yesterday, like I said on the show yesterday and Monday, these wins against the Arizona Diamondbacks do not magically fix this team. This team still needs improvements. I still think that they, this team needs to make some trades to massively improve. But also, I think that some of these guys are starting to, to bust out of some slumps. We saw Goldschmidt perform well today. We saw Arenado perform well in this series as well. So, Yes, this team still needs help. This, still, this team still needs some some pitching help. And, and and all of that is still fine and true. But I also think that this team wasn't as bad as we were seeing. And what I liked about, you know, going get into the game's two and three breakdown here, uh, but what I, what I liked about today's performance is that it wasn't just all one inning. They scored two in the second, two in the third, fourth, fifth, and seventh. To me, scoring seven runs, you know, across seven innings of baseball, instead of scoring six runs in one inning, that shows a better offensive approach throughout the whole game, not just an inning. So we'll go ahead and start with today's game since it's fresh on our mind, right? And KK Kim was good, and this is exactly what a start you needed from him. He goes five innings, gives up three hits, an earned run, three blocks, which is the Ted I, strikes out five, and throws in an RBI double in there just for good measure. Shohei Otani has company as to who's the best two-way player in the game. <laughs> but, you know, Kim was fine today. Kim was absolutely fine. Against the Arizona Diamondbacks, if he would have pitched any worse, he would have had problems, right? John Gant comes in, he gives you two shutout innings. Walks one, gives up a hit. But two shutout innings from John Gant, you'll take it. Roel Ramirez gets a third of an inning in there, gives up three earned runs, walks two. Helsley walks in a run. And, but then Alex Reyes comes in and shuts the door. So obviously, this team still needs bullpen up, as I alluded to earlier. But again, I, I was pretty happy outside Roel Ramirez and Helsley walking in a run's never good. But offensively speaking, this team was 5 for 15 with runners in scoring position. We saw three yet days from O'Neill and Goldschmidt. So the offense might might be, again, might be turning turning a corner here. But you also saw Matt Carpenter go 0 for 3. You also saw Eben just go 1 for 4. Yes, an RBI hit. Sosa went 1 for 3, which is a good day. So 
12 hit barrage. I think Danny McLaughlin said on the during the game that this was their highest offensive hit total since like June the 6th or something like that. So I, I was really impressed too with, with the situational hitting. He had a leadoff double by Goldschmidt, then you had a fly ball by O'Neill, and then a base hit by or a fly ball by Arenado, then O'Neill a base hit to bring him in. So even though Arenado didn't go 0 for 4, we saw good situational hitting. So you know, seven to four, solid win. And then a quick recap on yesterday's game, since I haven't talked about it yet. Cardinals picking up a win by the final score of three to two. There again, a little bit closer than you might um, like like to see it. But Alex Reyes providing some big, big outs in the eighth to ninth inning. He continues to just absolutely flat out dominate. He's now twenty for twenty in save opportunities. ERA under one. It was a gutsy play to go for the double play in that eighth inning, gets a ground ball right back to him. Nolan Arnado even told the media after the game, saying that he was yelling, go home, go home, go home. Reyes doesn't go home. <laughs> Reyes goes towards second base and gets the double play turned. And then also the name of this game was Nolan Arnado. Where would this team be without him? It, it's really scary to think where this team would be without him, knowing what we've seen now with the injuries and lack of performance. Big home run in the fifth, ended up being the difference in the game. A couple of a couple of incredible defensive plays, just remarkable stuff. Offense, eh, you know, six hits. He had three three runs scored at the Arenado home run, uh, and then Edmund with the other RBI. And I'll talk about Tommy Edmund and the leadoff spot in segment number two. But again, they, the Cardinals can build off this sweep. This sweep, this was a sweep against, you know, let's say the the Mets or the Cubs or the Brewers or the Padres. Then, yeah, maybe this is a turning point. But because it's against the Arizona Diamondbacks, it means it's not the turning point. It means that this can be a jumping off point. So the Cardinals can build off of throwing strikes because for the most part, that's what they did this week against the Diamondbacks, and situational hitting. That could be a big positive for this team moving forward. And again, once you get the momentum, baseball is such a momentum game. Once you get the momentum, it's hard to stop. We'll see if the Cardinals can get a little bit of momentum and close out the first half of the year um, on a a strong note. Or at least head into the All-Star break with a little bit of momentum. So that'll do it for segment one. Segment two will be answering some of the questions you have, including talking about uh, the leadoff hitter questions, what this team needs to improve on, uh, or what this team needs to acquire, rather, um, and get into to some of those, your, your questions that you submitted via the Instagram. So segment two coming up here in just a moment. I mentioned at the top that this show is brought to you in part by Green Room. Green Room is the first audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You can finally join in on the conversation you listen to every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like yourself on Green Room with watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors be sure to join me whenever I go live, and you can follow me on Twitter at LJFastball for those announcements, and you have a chance to be featured right here on the show. So go right now, download the free Green Room app, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the MLB group for the latest league updates, and follow me at LJFastball to be notified. When my room goes live, I know you won't want to miss it. 
I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. So let's go ahead and answer some of your questions that you guys sent in about this team. Um, going to quick a quick first one. First, I'm going to look at the one I got in response to on Twitter. And again, if you guys ever want to send in questions, um, you can email the show at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. DM, reply to tweets, send in the email, whatever you want to do. Um, so again, Let's take a look at one of the responses they got on Twitter. And I responded to it as well, but there's, there's an update even since I responded to it. Um, at Beherenfeldt, B-E-H-R-E-N-F-E-L-D-T, I apologize. First name, uh, Johan, J-O-H-A-N. Again, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong as well. says, will we see Flirty back on the mound before the All-Star break? I responded, uh, but I also wanted to share it. Uh, seems unlikely. Um, it's being reported right now that you know late July, early August is probably when we might see Flirty again. But the update I have to share is that, according to Jeff Jones on Twitter, he was out throwing flat work, flat ground today at Bush Stadium. So not on the mound, not throwing live BP or even simulated or anything like that, but he was seen throwing um, throwing um, you know, flat work, which is, which is good to see. He can't get back soon enough, so we'll see. So now I'll go ahead and turn over to uh, Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals with some questions you guys had there. This was in response to the story that was posted yesterday evening. Um, and we'll go ahead and start with at uh, Ruder underscore WX says, I'm not impressed. There's a friend of mine, Sam, saying that he's impressed with the podcast. I texted him later. He's impressed with the podcast, not impressed with the team. Uh, <laughs> I can't blame him. Like I said, even after a sweep of Arizona, it's hard to be too excited about this Cardinal team sitting at 40 and 41. And uh, as we stand right now, seven and a half back of the Cubs or the Brewers, rather, and that probably will go back down to seven because this Cubs and Brewers game. Holy cow! I'm recording it live right now, so I don't know what the final is at the time of this recording. But at the time of this recording, it is 15 to seven, Milwaukee. Whew. That's tough. Feel bad for Joe Kilgallen. But anyways, we move on with, with questions. Two two of you asked about um, leadoff spot at Grant the Scribe. Um, says thoughts on Carlson at one versus Edmund. Memes two to a five said, "Who do you think should be at the leadoff spot?" Um, th- there are two splits that I'm looking at right here when I, when I think about who I want to be at the leadoff spot. Because my grandfather texted me today. He said he was complaining or had a question about why Edmund is going to be, you know, he, he seventh spot one day, leadoff spot get two hits, then back down to sixth or seventh, and it just seems kind of going up and down. Here are, the, here are the splits that, that I'm looking at. For for Tommy Edmond, Edmond and Carlson both switch hitters, right? So Edmond versus right-handed pitching in 76. So as a left-handed batter, he's hitting 278, slugging 318. And, uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry, he's batting 240, on-base percentage of 278, slugging 318. That's an OPS of 596, an OPS plus of 80, where the average league average is 100. Versus lefties, so as a right-handed hitter, and again, this is not including today because this is on baseballreference.com, so the, these are might be a couple numbers off at the end of the day. His OPS plus is 183. He's hitting 333 and on base of 391 and slugging 556. And yes, he only has 70 at-bats as a right-handed batter um, this season compared to 273 as a left-handed batter. Still, 
worth mentioning. Dylan Carlson, almost the same story. Um, versus right-handed pitching, so as a left-handed batter, he's hitting 248 with an on-base percentage of 340, slugging 407. That's an OPS of 747. That's in 247 at-bats or plate appearances. And then he has 76 of plate appearances from the right side against left-handed pitching. That's 333, 395 on-base percentage, 439 slugging, OPS of 834, OPS plus of 118. So when when the Cardinals are facing a left-handed pitcher, I'm more than okay with having Edmund at the top than Carlson. Because I think that Edmund is a better right-handed hitter than left. And I say that knowing that he had a base hit left-handed today for an RBI. Um, but the, the numbers have shown, and not just this season, but the numbers have shown overall for Edmund in the last three seasons that he is um, better right-handed than he is left-handed. For the career... Against right-handed pitching, so as left-handed batter, he hits 259, an on-base of 310, slugs 376. That's an OPS of 686, OPS plus of 86, and that is in 716 plate appearances. Again, sample size is a lot different. I get that, but in 203 plate appearances against left-handed pitching, he hit, he's hitting 324, on-base of 371, slugging 564, to an OPS of 935 and an, an OPS plus of 150. So Edmund, not only this season, but even historically as his career, is a better right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching. So it would lead me to believe that against left-handed pitching, put Edmund up there. And then against right-handed pitching, put Carlson up there and move everybody down one spot in the order, put Edmund sixth or seventh. Or maybe even you experiment a little bit, keep Carlson at the top, put Edmund at the two-hole. Because traditionally speaking, old-school type baseball tells you that the second-place hitter should be a good bunter. Edmund's a good bunter. We saw that on uh, Tuesday night. Laid down a pretty nice bunt. So maybe you want, you know, might even if the lineup shuffle continues and Schultz wants to continue to shake things up, throw Edmund at the two-hole. But still, I have a lot more confidence if in that plan if it's against a left if it's against a left-handed pitcher because Edmund just has not really put it all together at all, really, um, as a left-handed batter. This season, um, you know, this season, like I mentioned, as a left-handed hitter, his numbers are tr- significantly worse. So to answer the question of who do I want to lead off spot, it's really a, pl- a platoon thing for me as to you know who's the pitcher that day. I think B- Carlson will end up developing more into a fifth-place hitter or, you know, third, fourth, fifth-place hitter with that power. But right now in his career, I think he's be a great leadoff hitter in He's shown that with good situational hitting for the most part, especially from that right side. That's the key. From that right side, Carlson has been really good. So to answer your question, I, I would really uh, Grant described memes two two oh five. I would really say it's platoon. It's whoever the Cardinals are facing that day, advantages and disadvantages to both. If I if I was you know gun to my head, had to pick one with the way the season's going, I'm going Carlson um, up at the top because Carlson Goldie. Arenado O'Neill is a pretty pretty dangerous one through five. So Brandon underscore Nimmons says the Cardinals can only lose like thirty more games all season to make the playoffs. Dot dot dot. Uh oh? Question mark. Definitely an uh oh. Don't get me wrong, Brandon. I, you know, like I said on this the show, this episode in the last two minutes. This week against the Diamondbacks doesn't really change much for me in terms of expectation or in, in terms of outlook right now, in terms of narrative right now. 
this team needs to get a lot better, which leads me into the the next question and the last question on Instagram, um, and that is from uh, Matthew Hunter one one two eight. What do the Cardinals need to do at the deadline to become a playoff team? I think the real question is, what do the Cardinals not need to do at the deadline to become a playoff team? I you know one one could argue that Tommy Edmond is not cutting it out that he needs to go. You could argue the Cardinals could use a shortstop at the deadline. You could argue if Bader comes back and starts to struggle, the Cardinals need a third outfielder at the deadline. You could definitely argue that they need a starter, and I say they need bullpen help. As bad as the offense has been at times, I have more confidence, and this might might contradict to what I've said in the past, but right now, based on how everything's performing right now, I have more confidence in the offense turning things around than I do the pitching. So I think a priority should be bullpen help. I think they need two arms in the bullpen that, so they're not relying on guys like Oroel Ramirez, a Brandon Waddell, a John Gant even, even though he pitched well today. I would say the Cardinals need bullpen help. They need a bench bat. And I think that the, the offense is going to be more so addressed in the offseason if I were a betting man. And I think that the, the pitching can be better addressed in the season. So I would look for the Cardinals to add some bullpen pieces and maybe even um, a starter. I think that would really improve their postseason hopefuls. So once again, thank you for everybody to who put in a question. Um, and I'll, that'll go ahead and wrap up the, the question portion of the show. So finish up um, with, with the third segment, giving you just a quick preview on the Rockies series, final thoughts on the Diamondbacks series, uh, and also talking about the future of St. Louis, which will be appearing in the All-Star Game weekend. Um, so all that coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, hands down. Not even close. And not only is, is it the best-tasting, it's healthy. I'll get into that in just a moment. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and plus limited-time flavors that will also taste delicious. Their flavors are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Incredible flavors. They've got something for everyone. My favorite flavor is the double chocolate. And it's double chocolate because it's got chocolate on the inside and chocolate on the outside. And I love my chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, don't worry. Get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Every single flavor is covered 100% in chocolate. And like I mentioned earlier, they're not just great tasting, but they're healthy as well. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, while other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So what are you waiting for? My mouth is watering right now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Locked 15. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is well within full swing. We're a handful of hours away from July, and you can check all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. Not just Major League Baseball. You've also got the NBA playoffs that are well within full swing. The Stanley Cup Finals for the NHL. And your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. 
Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Promo code Locked On gets you 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. June is over. Wrap it up, throw it away, try, and forget about it. Don't forget the lessons we've learned, but forget about it. Move on. It is over. Finally, thank goodness. <sighs> Finally, June is over. Yes, it flew by in terms of life and all that stuff and whatever, but a long month to be a Cardinal fan. Cardinals start the month of July with four at the Rockies and then three at the Giants. Off day next Thursday. Finish up the first half with three at the Cubs. And the third game... July 11th, I'll be going to for my 21st birthday with my girlfriend, my brother, and one of his friends. Um, so I'm very looking forward to that. But, you know, hopefully the Cardinals can get on the right foot here this month against the Colorado Rockies. And like I mentioned in the first segment, and to just kind of put a bow on that series, that sweep means nothing if you build, if you don't build off it. The Arizona sweep means nothing if you don't build off it. Cardinals were unable to build off of the Miami sweep. They've got to build off this sweep. Baseball is such a momentum-heavy game. Build off the sweep. Get some momentum going before you face the first-place Giants and a playoff team in the Cubs and finish up the first half strong. I've already said it once. I will say it one more time. The Arizona sweep means nothing if you don't build off of it. Great. You swept the last-place team. What's next? What's next for the Cardinals is four games against the Colorado Rockies. 7.40 tomorrow, 7.10 Friday, 8.10 Saturday, 2.10 Sunday. All those times are central. I'm not going to go too depth into the preview because I've got a crossover coming at you tomorrow with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies, so be sure to look out for that. Before I let you go, some news if you missed it. Matthew Librator and Nolan Gorman are representing the Cardinals in the Futures game that I believe is next Tuesday, or next Monday, rather. Um... To start the All-Star Game festivities, could be wrong on that. I'll double-check that. But it'll be really fun to see, you know, two, they're, they're two buddies. They're real close, for those of you who don't know that. Um, so, that, you know, that, that'll be fun for him. But it'll also be nice to see the Cardinals' top prospects, um, you know, kind of go at it. And, and as I figured that out, the Futures Game is actually on my birthday, July 11th of 2021, my 21st birthday. Um, it's on MLB Network, also stream online, MLB.com, and on air, Sirius XM, 2 o'clock. Uh, 2 o'clock Central, the first pitch there on July 11th. So, yeah, Matthew Libertor, lefty, and Nolan Gorman, left handed. Third base, second baseman, prospect. It would be nice to see, um, you know, nice to see the Cardinals' future on display, on full display against Coursefield. So, again, let's see if the Cardinals can build off of this. Because it. If not, if if they can't build off a sweep and they can't get some momentum going, and I'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow with Paul, but we're getting dangerous to the point of no return for St. Louis. they got to start turning it around now. Trade deadline is only a month away. 
Be sure to follow um, me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get all the news you need in under 20 minutes, all the general sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Follow that podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Somehow the Cardinals pulled off a sweep that they needed to pull off, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, I'll beat a dead horse one more time. Hopefully they can build off this sweep, use momentum, and get some more W's against the NL West. So until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.